Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez, and welcome to the program. Man, there's so much in the news, I don't know where to start, but I think the biggest story is Joe El Baboso Biden, that's right, Joe El Baboso Biden, and again, I call him Baboso because, you know, he says a lot of babosadas, a lot of bumbling. But it doesn't mean that he's not some sort of evil, nefarious, I'm not going to say genius, because that I don't think he is, but I also don't think he's that dumb. I think he's incredibly uh, politically savvy and knows how to dodge a bullet here and there. And that's why he's had the longevity he's had in Washington. And, I mean, this guy's been on the record from since since forever, you know, in the 70s. So you got to look at some of that and go, man, how does he survive? How is he a political cockroach? He doesn't die. But he made some comments yesterday. I'm going to let him play, and then we're going to dig in. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of the the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, so there's going to be a new world order out there. I know everybody's just going nuts over this because man, Joe Biden just said the new world order, but I, this isn't really anything new, right? I mean, anybody who was alive for a little bit longer than me. Uh, or at least as as long as me knows that, you know, President Bush uh, 41 talked about this many times in a joint session of Congress at uh, Air Force bases, at commencement ceremonies. Uh, This New World Order concept was a big one for him and for Gorbachev, who mentioned it um, towards the end of Reagan's administration, because that's what they believed this was, a New World Order where Russia wasn't going to be the USSR anymore, and there was going to be this divestiture of that Eastern Bloc, and now they were going to have a new way of doing things in the world with less nuclear weapons. And what I find fascinating about this is that Joe Biden's been on the record, and there's a great piece in the National Pulse. I'm not going to read all of it to you, but there's some really good stuff in there by uh, Rahim Kassam that I think is really, really good. And one of the things that the article points out is an op-ed that Joe El Baboso Biden wrote when he was Senator Biden back in 1992. He wrote it for the Wall Street Journal. It's uh, titled, How I Learned to Love the New World Order. And in the article, he talks about a lot of different things about you know, having 
contained Soviet communism until it was dissolved. And this strategy of containment, kind of like NATO and this collective action idea about getting rid of nuclear weapons. The article continued, this is from the piece, in an appeal to broadening the United Nations and NATO, quote, Rather than denigrating collective security, we should regularize the kind of multilateral response we assembled for the Gulf War. Why not breathe life into the U.N. Charter, he asks. It envisages a permanent commitment of forces for use by the Security Council. That means a presumption of collective action, but with a U.S. veto. And Biden went on to use the same phrase 11 years later at an export-import bank conference where he said the affirmative task we have is now to actually create a new world order because the global order is changing again. Listen to this. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order because the global order is changing again. And the institutions and the rules that work so well in the post-World War II era for decades, uh, they need to be strengthened and some have to be changed. So we have to do what we do best. We have to lead. We have to lead. We have to update the global rules of the road. We have to we have to do it in a way that maximizes benefits for everyone, because obviously it's overwhelmingly in our interest. This is not a zero sum game. It's overwhelmingly in our interest. So it's overwhelming our interest. But what I find really interesting is that this isn't the first time we've seen this type of thing. If we think back to when George W. Bush was president and he was talking about the New World Order, situations were similar, right? It was Iraq that was invading Kuwait and Bush was calling for Saddam Hussein to get out. Get out because you can't be there. The same way we're calling on Russia to get out. So there's a lot of similarities, even though it's different parts of the world. The geopolitics of it um, just rings similar in that way. And if you listen to Bush's comments on similar strategy with Kuwait and Iraq, it really, if you replace it with Russia and Ukraine, it sounds like Biden talking today. So here's uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush, President uh, Bush number 41, the older Bush, who's now dead, discussing the New World Order back in 1991. 1991. Listen to this. And we stand today at a unique and extraordinary moment. The crisis in the Persian Gulf, as grave as it is, also offers a rare opportunity to move toward an historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era. Now, if you think that was too short and you need a little bit more context, no problem. I'll give you the full clip. I just wanted you to hear him get to that because this is not a secret. This hasn't been uh, covered up. This is a political movement that's been around for a long time, just like the Great Reset has. People have been wanting to do that since they announced it in Newsweek in 1987. This is a movement. People want to achieve something, just like the people that want to overturn Roe versus Wade or the people that wanted to create gay marriage. It took them a decade, two decades, three decades. They finally got to where they want to be. And these guys are doing the same thing. So here's the full clip from President George H.W. Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, uh, Bush number 41, the father of the older Bush. Some people like to call him Timberwolf. Uh, I don't go by all that funny stuff. I think that's just a little bit too out there for me. But whatever you want to call him, that's him. Bush 41, uh, GWB's 43's dad. And here's the full context of his New World Order speech. Now, I'm not saying I endorse this type of thing. I'm just saying 
It's a legitimate line of thinking, people that believe in, in a global society. And there's uh, also people that believe in, in total separation. If they could build a wall around the United States and not ever let anybody else in, they would do that. And then there's a lot of people in the middle that say, you know what? In addition to just dealing with the people that are here, we also do need to import people because our education system sucks, because our medical system has taken so many hits. We need to import doctors from other places. So there's a legitimate need to bring in foreign talent. And there's a lot of businesses that rely on foreign labor, especially unskilled labor, so that they could pay them very little and get them to put out a lot of work. So there's a lot of things at play, a lot of separate interests at play. And before I begin pontificating on all that stuff and giving you my opinion, I want you to hear the full clip from uh, George H.W. Bush back in 1991 to a joint session of Congress uh, regarding the Persian Gulf, in particular, Iraq invading Kuwait. It's about uh, two and a half minutes. Listen to this. Our goals defined and familiar. Iraq must withdraw from Kuwait completely, immediately, and without condition. Kuwait's legitimate government must be restored. The security and stability of the Persian Gulf must be assured, and American citizens abroad must be protected. These goals are not ours alone. They've been endorsed by the United Nations Security Council five times in as many weeks. Most countries share our concern for principle, and many have a stake in the stability of the Persian Gulf. This is not, as Saddam Hussein would have it, the United States against Iraq. It is Iraq against the world. And As you know, I've just returned from a, a very productive meeting with Soviet President Gorbachev. And I am pleased that we are working together to build a new relationship. In Helsinki, our joint statement affirmed to the world our shared resolve to counter Iraq's threat to peace. Let me quote, we are united in the belief that Iraq's aggression must not be tolerated. No peaceful international order is possible if larger states can devour their smaller neighbors. Clearly, no longer can a dictator count on east-west confrontation to stymie concerted United Nations action against aggression. A new partnership of nations has begun. And we stand today at a unique and extraordinary moment. The crisis in the Persian Gulf, as grave as it is, also offers a rare opportunity to move toward an historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era, freer from the threat of terror, stronger, in the pursuit of justice, and more secure in the quest for peace. 
And he goes on about this quest for peace between East and West, et cetera, et cetera, and about the, the peace that's necessary because ultimately there's just some real things that are at play here. The Russians are always talking about how the West is evil, and that's kind of permeated the propaganda now. It's, it's a big part of everyday conversation. you got a lot of people that are just like, you know what, I don't like America anymore. Uh, we're the deep state. We're the bad guys. Our CIA starts every war. We arm everybody. We are horrible. And, and the problem is you've got good guys and bad guys in every country. There is an entrenched bureaucracy or a deep state wherever you go. That's just a realistic part of how government works, and you want to root it out as much as you can. And here in the United States, we have a problem with it. It seems more like an addiction to it, and we haven't rooted it out. It seems like the days of guys like Giuliani are gone, even guys like Chris Christie who took on a lot of government corruption. We don't see that too much anymore. Politicians don't get locked up, and that's the sad part of everything. And some people think, why does this all happen? So I'm going to get to that. Why does this all happen on the next uh, segment? I also want to talk about um, health care in the third segment. So we're going to get to that. We're going to bring in the CEO of uh, Crowd Health. Uh, interesting new concept and way to pay medical bills. That's not insurance. They're a new sponsor on the show, and I love their business model, so I brought them in to our focus on American entrepreneurship. So don't miss that. More to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And the question is why, why, why? And, of course, everybody has an answer. Well, the deep state is involved with this. They're involved with that. They're involved with just about everything. And we always wonder, but what's the impetus for this? And, again, I, I, I'd like to reiterate that 
there's a lot of fundamental differences in political philosophy and political ideology. There are people that are isolationists and there are people that are what we now call globalists, uh, but used to be known as many other things, including um, global citizens. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about CrowdHealth. Because CrowdHealth's disruptive technology puts healthcare decisions back into your hands, saving you money and cutting out the middlemen. It's not insurance. It's what insurance should be. You see any doctor you want. You pay the first 500 bucks and then submit bills from there. The CrowdHealth community takes care of the rest. You'll pay one monthly fee, less than 200 bucks a month for most people. And CrowdHealth will save you yearly, probably about up to 60% off. Here's how. It totally reverses the vicious incentives that got the healthcare system into this mess in the first place. So stop paying your health insurance companies all of your hard-earned money. Go to CrowdHealth.com right now and experience freedom from health insurance. And use code THISISAMERICA, that's this is America just for our listeners. Right now you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. That's 50% off the normal price and a lot less than a high deductible health care plan. So just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use our promo code just for our listeners here. This is America when you sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code This is America. CrowdHealth is not insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Of course, terms and conditions apply. All right, back to this New World Order stuff. And this is why I want to focus on why people buy into one ideology or another. And I think the answer is Stockholm Syndrome. Americans have fallen in love with their propaganda captors, the people that have used propaganda to take over their mind. Now, they haven't been captured physically, obviously, but they've been captured mentally by the drip, drip, drip of Vladimir Putin's propaganda. Because sadly, that drip, drip, drip of Putin's propaganda machine has gotten right into them. The brainwash is real. Now, we're all at an interesting uh, inflection point. Here in America, so many in our nation are seeing the bad guys as the good guys. And they want to destroy our nation and our economy just so they can rebuild it in their preferred image. And this is all thanks to Vlad. Vlad and all his buddies, of course. You see, at the most basic level, most of us that engage in this culture war, we do it because we see right versus wrong. Basing one's alliance with someone solely based on their preference for religion or their commitment to their own nationalistic pride as an Asian, as a European, or even as a Eurasian is not the basis of an alliance, in my opinion, especially when it's particularly Russia and Putin, because they've been at odds with America forever. And they, don't, they see us as a little bit more than an unfriendly competitor. I think they look at us as an enemy. Now, I've always lived in the Western Hemisphere. I don't know about you. So I'm from America, the United States. I'm from the West. Thankfully, I have enough sense to be cautious of anti-Western propaganda. Those that don't like Western civilization are our enemies. Just because they may say they don't like the transgender movement or BLM or the feminization of men doesn't mean they don't like Americans. Western civilization is comprised of the biggest economic boom in the history of everything. It's what made America great to begin with. It was the American dream. It was the ability to earn wealth and, and build and maintain that wealth, as well as infrastructure like railroads, scientific advancements, uh, technology advancements like the light bulb, the telephone, and so many other important pieces of technology that were developed right here in the West. 
in the United States, you know, more uh, specifically. Putin, yeah, he'll have you believe that the West is simply a bunch of people that now embraced what's wrong with everything in society and are led by this evil deep state, this nefarious bureaucracy within our government. But wow, there's no doubt that there's people in our government that collude with other people that are wealthy and powerful, et cetera. This doesn't mean or even minimize the West or make us the bad guy. This doesn't uh, re-identify or redefine who America is or who the Western Hemisphere is or what makes us up for that matter. Those are the lies being told by the propagandists that I'm going to venture to say come from Russia because they have the most to gain from the propaganda. And it's these same lines that have been, sadly, embraced by Iran and so many other enemies. And we have to always remember the history of the Soviet Union and Stalin and how the communist operates, how they work. You know, the goal of the communist is to divide and conquer. They want to separate you into groups based on many different things. And so it could be the Green New Deal. It could be destroying capitalism because you feel like you're destroying everything because you need to fight for equality because this is such an unjust world. So you have to make sure that men can marry men and women can marry women. And you have to keep fighting for, for men to become women or for women to become men and to erase the lines between child abuse and sexual assault and free will. All of these atrocities are disgusting, but they're not a representation of the West or what the West really stands for. But Vladimir Putin will have you believe that's exactly what's going on. No, I'd say that's the negative or bad element within our society and culture, but that's not the entirety of everybody. Iran would have you believe that it's time that we realize the greatness uh, of our own country is something that's behind us. And they want to replace that with European socialism. And this is what they want to do. And this is why I always say we're not Europe and we're not all the same. But when Americans are rooting for the demise of America because they hate the bad guys so much here in our own country, we've got a problem. When they want to destroy our own economic system because they think it's been ruined by the bad guys within our great country, we've got a huge problem. You've got Biden in a bunch of different speeches that has said we have to recreate and reimagine our economic system. Our economy has to be fair for all and blah, blah, blah. He's already talking about going towards a, a Chinese-style capitalism, right? This social capitalism that isn't based on a free market. It's based on a controlled, a government-controlled market where the government gets rich. And you take the pheasantry, as the Marxists have talked about, you know, the, the poor, the working poor, And you get them on your side because they have so much to gain. And the other ones, you threaten them because they have so much to lose. And that's why there's been this erasure of what Marx called the middle class. Now, while our economic system may not be the most perfect system, it's worked for as long as it has. And it has to be protected. It's fragile. We can't just knock it down and rebuild it. We won't be able to rebuild That's the equivalent of saying, I don't like my wife, so I'm going to destroy her and get another one. Or I I don't like my daughter or my son, so I'm just going to get rid of them. I'm going to destroy them and get another daughter or son. We don't destroy the things we love. Winston Churchill said, to build may have to be the slow and laborious task of years. To destroy can be the thoughtless act of a single day. That's Winston Churchill. And George Orwell said, the most effective way to destroy people 
is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. That's George Orwell, 1984. And that to me is exactly what's happening today. So no, we don't destroy that which we love. Unless you're one of those radicals that does that type of thing. If you're prepared to turn your own child and tear them down and say, look, you're dead to me because you did X, Y, and Z. You became a leftist in college. You're dead to me. Then this is the right path for you. Go with Putin. But if you're like most normal people and you love your children despite their shortcomings, you love your wife despite her shortcomings, and you love your country despite its shortcomings, then you do your damnedest to make sure that we improve, that they improve, and that we survive so that you and your family can thrive at some point in the future. What you do is you don't destroy the things you love. So stop the Stockholm Syndrome. Don't allow yourself to be suckered into the idea that America can only thrive once it's been destroyed internally by Americans themselves because you've never done that with anything else you've loved. So unless you're willing to pull off this insurance fraud scheme, you've never burned down your own house with your family still in it just to rebuild it and make it better. Unless you're a psycho, of course. Anyway, straight ahead, our interview with CEO of CrowdHealth, uh, Andy Schoonover, that's coming up right now. Plus, the Just Facts question of the day in the final segment, plus a little uh, off-the-beaten-path topic I want to share with you because I think it's good for just the sake of expanding our horizons a little bit. All right, I'm done with my pontificating for just a few seconds. Don't go anywhere. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we were discussing the spotlight on American entrepreneurship And as promised, I've got with us the CEO of a brand new company that's really knocking down uh, the path, I'd say, to to redefining so much of what was undone in the last few years when it comes to healthcare, but people really taking care of their own. And I want to welcome Andy Schoonover, CEO of Crowd Health to the program. Andy, welcome to This Is America. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. So, you know, the other day uh, we had a conversation and the audience may not be privy to this, but uh, I was really moved by your story uh, because it, it was relatable to me in many ways of of why you did what you did. To me, it was uh, it was just a really the right thing to do for your situation at the time. And I think the audience would really benefit from hearing exactly what the impetus behind starting Crowd Health really was. Yeah, sure. You know, my, a lot of these startups are just a result of bad experiences and somebody stops up and says, this has just got to change. And I think your audience probably has an assortment of bad experiences like I had in, in the healthcare system, given it's it's so screwed up. For me, it was I sold my previous company and didn't have health insurance, given that most of us get health insurance through our company. And so went over to healthcare.gov. I thought that was the only place that the only option that I had. And so I got a, a plan uh, for me, my wife and my two girls it was about 1200 bucks a month. And, you know, I joke it worked until I had to use it. Uh, my, my little one who was one at the time was having recurring ear infections. So went to the ear, nose and throat doc who said that she needed uh, tubes in her ears because she had a perforated eardrum. 
So went to the local hospital. It was a 15 minute procedure and got the bill. It was $8,000. I was like, wow, "Wow." you know, $8,000 for 15 minutes. Wouldn't we all love to have that hourly rate? Um, But I was like, okay, well, this is why I have health insurance. This is the whole point. Um, Little did I know that I was going to get a a note in the mail a few weeks later saying that uh, the procedures that she had was medically unnecessary. And so the health insurance plan wasn't going to pay for the bill and uh, went through two rounds of kind of conflict resolution. They still said no. Um, And so I had to stroke an $8,000 check to the local hospital. And you can imagine I was, I was pretty pissed. Um, So I called the the health plan. I said, look, if you're not going to pay my bills, I'm not going to pay your bills. And uh, so I, my family and I have been uninsured over the last two and a half years um, because we just didn't trust that the health insurance plans were going to going to pay for our bills. And so why were we going to going to you know continue to send them egregious amounts of money every every month? Um, so you know we, we built some tools that have allowed us to operate outside of of health insurance to pay our bills outside of the legacy health insurance system. Um, and have never felt so, you know, free when it comes to healthcare. And so, Crowd Health um, is the really the culmination of these tools that we have built, um, and we've been at it for a year now, and have you know thousands of people who have signed up and um, you know are loving the experience. And so, it's just a new way to think about how to pay healthcare bills, and we're excited to share it with your audience. All right, folks. And again, we're on with Andy Schoonover. He's the CEO of Crowd Health. A uh, brand new company that's sponsoring this program, and they're out there in the marketplace. And I think what you're doing is remarkable because you're really kind of eliminating the middleman and allowing people to kind of get together and help each other. Explain a little bit of how it actually works. Sure. You know, we, uh, this is uh, it's kind of back to the future, right? I mean, we this is how we used to do it for generations. Is if there's somebody in the community that needed help, we we as a community, you know, rally around them and and help them out, and then in the you know, primarily in the 70s, late 70s, um, you know, the health insurance plan got in the middle and and kind of took that community aspect away from us. And so we're we're, we're putting that back into healthcare. Um, so the way that it works is if you're between the ages of uh, six and 54, um, it is 175 bucks a month. You put that money into an account. That account is owned by you. Um, and so that that money builds up over a period of time, and you can use that money for the medical needs of folks in the community. So if my um, you know family has a broken arm, that broken arm is going to be six thousand dollars. I'm going to pay the first five hundred of it, and then Crowd Health goes to the rest of the community and says, "Hey, there's fifty five hundred bucks here that still needs to be paid. Will you help out Andy's family because his daughter has a broken arm?" Um, and so we literally will go out to everybody in the community, almost like crowdfunding, um, and saying, Hey, will, will you, will you all help, um, Andy's family do that? And thus far we've had a 98% of the folks that we've asked say yes to that. Um, and so it's, and while it's voluntary, we've, we've got kind of a reputation score internally so that if you give generously, um, when you have a healthcare event, people know that you get, you, you, you give generously. If you're a Scrooge, then um, when you have a healthcare event, people know that you're a Scrooge and probably won't help you with your with your health event. So, it's a pretty cool um, you know change on you know the way health insurance is done. Even some of the health shares were completely different than them, um, but it really has worked. 100% of the claims, uh, not claims, excuse me, the health events um, that have been submitted thus far have been uh, paid for, and this ranges from 
you know, a $75 doctor visit to a $147,000 ER visit. So it's, it's uh, not just for the small stuff, for the big stuff too. Now it's clear to me, Andy, how you're different from insurance and you're not insurance. And to me, this is kind of revolutionary, but explain, I guess, some of the nuance on how you're different from some of the health share that people may have heard about. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the, the health shares, I mean, there's and there's some out there, um, Christian Health Share Ministries and Samaritan and MediShare and, and folks like that. And, you know, there's a couple big differences. One is you will have your own personal care advocate at Crowd Health. So you will talk to the same person every single time with your health needs. And so that's one of the difference. You don't have to call into a call center anymore. Everybody hates calling into a call center. You have to tell your story five different times to five different people. It's annoying. We have totally changed that. The other thing is if when you have a, a health event, if it is scheduled, so you have a knee replacement, we will go out and we will crowdfund that uh, bill before you actually have that knee replacement so that you don't have to front the cost. So let's just say your knee replacement is $25,000. You'll pay the first 500 of it. That is 24500 We will crowdfund that before the day of the knee procedure so that we can pay the doctor the day of and so you don't have to front a bunch of that cash. I think that's a really difficult thing to ask people to do, especially when they have a, a big procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the crowdfunding piece of this is very different than the way that health shares operate. Um, health shares generally will just send you the bill, you pay it, and then they decide on the back end you know, where that bill goes. Um, with us yesterday, or maybe it's two days ago, we had uh, you know a pregnancy that we were we were crowdfunding. So I literally went out to you know 150 people for a $15,000 pregnancy and said, hey, would you give to this family that lives in Colorado for their pregnancy? Yes or no? It's totally voluntary, um, you know. And and all but one person said said yes. And so we were able to to crowdfund that. And so that's just a very different way to doing it than than the, the health shares. You know, the other thing too is we don't have any religious you know, requirements, no faith component um, to this. And, you know, I, I, I love what the health shares are doing with, with that, but we don't have any faith components. We, we offer this to everybody and anybody who's, who's interested. Um, the only thing that we don't allow is folks who smoke and folks who are over 300 pounds. And those are the only exclusions. All right. So if you're interested in getting involved in um, crowd health, you can uh, join. And for our listeners only, we have the This Is America promo code. If you want to use that when you're signing up, you can Mm -hmm. find out what it's all about at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Andy Schoonover, final word to you, sir. Yeah, you know, I would just say that um, I'm sure that a lot of your folks are, are going to, you know, healthcare.gov. My only thing there is, look, if you're if you're not a fan of, of government taking over uh, healthcare, which I'm absolutely not a fan of that, um, you know, don't don't support them by going to healthcare.gov, whether it's crowd health or some of the other alternatives. Uh, definitely go out there and, and take a look at them because they're they're really valuable and viable. Excellent. I will uh, leave it there. Thank you very much. Anybody wants to get involved again, go to joincrowdhealth.com, joincrowdhealth.com. You can put in this is America as your code. Learn a lot more about it. I definitely recommend this because I think it's revolutionary and it gives you it puts power back into the hands of the people and not in the insurance companies. Andy Schoonover, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Rich. You got it, brother. All right, folks, more to come straight ahead. Keep it locked right there. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. 
This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Welcome back. Uh, final segment. I want to get to the Just Facts question of the day. Now, the Just Facts question of the day is a daily question put out by Just Facts Institute, probably, in my opinion, the top think tank outside of any of the big think tanks in Washington, D.C. These guys know a fact when they see one and they put this information out regularly. So you don't want to miss the updates from JustFacts.com. I I would recommend uh, signing up for their newsletter at JustFacts.com slash rich, JustFacts.com slash rich. Now, I want to get to that question because to me, it's one of the best things I see every day uh, through their feed and through the newsletter. Now, Here's the question. Has the current president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, done anything to expose the Biden family to charges of corruption? Yes or no? Maybe you should play a little Jeopardy music. Do, 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 do. All right. Fast forward. All right. You're done. What's the answer? I answered yes. And ding, ding, ding. I am correct. Tell me more. All right. Here's the, the, the whole deal. Running on an anti-corruption platform, Volodymyr Zelensky won a landslide election in 2019 to become the president of Ukraine. That means he wasn't a senator or a congressman or anything else except an actor before 2019. Three months after taking office, Zelensky forced a prosecutor to resign who Joe Biden had praised as a solid prosecutor. The prosecutor was named Yuri Lutsenko. He dropped the ball on all criminal charges against a corrupt oligarch who had paid more than $3.3 million to a firm co-owned by Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. The prior president of the Ukraine appointed Biden's quote-unquote solid prosecutor in 2016 after Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars from the Ukraine unless the previous prosecutor was fired under the previous administration. The prosecutors who served before and after Biden's prosecutor of choice both pursued criminal charges against Hunter Biden's benefactor, and one of them stated that he was investigating Hunter. Upon taking office, President Zelensky told President Trump that he, quote, will work on the investigation of the case, end quote. So, yes, the current president of Ukraine did go after Hunter Biden, although everybody's out there saying, but he's covering up the evidence. They're getting the bio labs. Don't you understand? These labs have been there for probably closer to two decades, but that hasn't stopped anybody from thinking that's the real, real reason. Now, I want to talk about a little uh, story that I saw in the New York Post. It's the top five regrets, and it reminds me of a story from a, a school that I used to work at. And the janitor, nice guy, older Spanish guy, he once told me that in life, we don't regret the things that we do when we're close to the end of our lives. And he was an older guy. We regret the action that we didn't take, the vacations we didn't go on, all those things that we didn't do. And I learned a lot because oftentimes in life, I think it's the things that I I didn't do that I regret uh, most but it doesn't mean I don't regret things that I did do. And maybe one day we'll do a whole show on that. But I'm looking at this piece in the New York Post from a woman who's a hospice nurse. And these are the top four regrets that she has from people right before they die. This is what she's hearing. How to not have regrets at the end of your life. As a hospice nurse and death and dying educator, people ask me this question all the time. And here's what I've found in general. Most people at the end end of their life have regrets about not appreciating their health, not appreciating being alive, the little things, 
working their life away, and not spending more time with family. This is very general, but that is what most people say to me on hospice and dying. So that tells me to be in the moment, live presently, be grateful. Don't take for granted your health and uh, little things about living life. Don't work your life away if you don't have to or make it so you don't have to and spend time with those you love. So she's talking about dying, but the overall crux of this video from uh, nurse Julie, hospice nurse Julie, that was in the New York Post, is we regret the things we didn't do. And I think that's the focus that we need to have right now. I think that's what Biden needs to focus on. That's what we need to focus on. That's what the people that voted for Joe Biden need to focus on because there's a real um, reckoning going on. There's a lot of people that did things that I think they regret and they have hurt America. And it's those same people that right now we need them to make sure they right those wrongs the next time they're at the ballot box. And again, I say ballot box. So many people are just saying, for what? What do we vote for? It's a crooked election. It's this and that. Come on. What do you do? Listen, all I can say is, you know what? There's a lot of young people that kill other young people in Chicago. It's it's an epidemic. It's a horrible problem. But I can tell you that I've been to Chicago and I made it in and out. No problem. I, I've been in and out of New York City tons of times. No problem. So, yeah, while there's a spike in crime, there's a spike in murders, there's a spike in shootings, your probability of getting shot goes up, but it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to. So while we saw some irregularities in some places and just straight up rigging of election law in certain states that had this mail-in voting that circumvented their state's constitution and the federal constitution, we still know that we have a chance to vote and actually win in the next election and in the subsequent election and the one after that. It doesn't mean it's a done deal. It doesn't mean that everybody who was in on whatever they did last time is going to do it again. And that's just the bottom line. We can't just presume that every election will be fraudulent for forever, for eternity until kingdom come. You can, but that's a coward's way out. It's the easy way out. That's how people who don't want to think and don't want to do, that's how they get out. So this is why I'm saying Let's not regret what we didn't do. Don't sit out the next election. Don't just give up on everything and point the finger at everybody and just become some curmudgeon that hates everything and hates everyone and thinks that Putin is savior of the world, the white knight protecting Christianity, and that that's it, that you've done your deed by sharing your latest bit shoot video or the, one of those other um, you know platforms that allow just about anything to go on. Because this is where the Russians are having a lot of fun. You know what they say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And I think that's true. So there's a little bit of breaking news that I want to get to before we wrap. And we won't be able to jump too deep into this because this deserves its own segment or two. But I just got a text from James O'Keefe and he says, Rich, we got some, let me see, I'll pull it up for you. Rich just released incredible docs showing the FBI was spying on us months before we even knew about the Biden diary. And then he gave me something. So I shared that on social media right now. You can check it out at Rich Valdez uh, with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. It's on Twitter and I'll share it on some of the others, but it's only set up for Twitter through this text message. So again, one more reason to stay on Twitter because certain things can only be shared to Twitter. And this is why I don't leave Twitter. Plus, no journalist ever anywhere says, I'm going to break a story. Let me do it on one of the alternative platforms. That just doesn't happen. Things happen on Twitter all the time. Plus, if you want to find a good argument with a leftist, you're going to find it on Twitter. You're not going to find it somewhere else. 
you're hard pressed to find good liberals, good progressives, uh, you know, the, the feisty ones. There's no AOC on any of these new platforms. I wish there was, but they're not there. There's no Maggie Haberman there. So if you want the crazy left media and you want to quote tweet their stuff and make fun of them and ridicule them, you have to go to Twitter for that stuff. And that's all I can say until they join or somebody bribes them to join one of the other networks. Anyway, I always thank you guys for tuning into the show. I know sometimes we have a lot of funny stuff. Sometimes we have a lot of serious stuff. Sometimes we have a lot of opinion stuff, which those are my least favorite. But sometimes I think it's just important for me to just get it off my chest. So I appreciate you tolerating that and putting up with that. And I want to hear from you guys. If you have topic ideas and things like that, definitely go to the website, richvaldez.com, and hit the uh, contact Rich. It sends an email right to me, and I look at all of them. I can't respond to all of them, but I definitely look at all of them. I also look at your inbox messages and all that stuff on the D and all that. So thank you for doing that. Uh, there's a bunch of audio that I wanted to get to today that I did not get to. So uh, please tune in for the next episode. We're going to cover all that audio tomorrow, plus all of this stuff from James O'Keefe. So don't miss that. Anyway, thank you for the five-star reviews. Thank you for sharing this with your friends, texting it to them, sharing it on your inbox, whatever it is, uh, getting more people to subscribe to the podcast. It is a blessing, and I am very appreciative of it. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash Rich.